The Crusade Channel is no longer free to listen, but it is free of commercials. And that's a winner for you. SpongeBob, slow your roll there, buddy. Take it easy, dude. Oh, yeah. Now, let's calmly proceed back to more of what you bought your Founders Pass membership for here on the Crusade Channel. Rumors of the radio star's demise have been greatly exaggerated. Industrial Media Complex's cable news guy. The popcorn you're eating has been tipped in film at 11. KGON gone. Introducing Truth, the only news you need from the Crusade Channel.
that was a good morning Vietnam start. I'm not even going to say it. It wouldn't matter if I did. Greetings to you. It's the Mike Churchill here on a... I don't even know what day it is. Is it Thursday? I think it's Thursday. Asking the question of the day. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Well, I'll tell you. This having to start at six o'clock stuff is just really, really getting. I, I, I know, I know. I chose six a.m. It's all, it's my, my doing, and my fault. You throw fifteen minutes into the wind, and it just screws the whole operation up. <laughs> it just discombobulates it. Anyways, we're here in the glass bowl in the cage for the next four hours. And we'll uh, do our best to, uh, to to get my broadcasting legs under me after running and rushing up and down the uh, the hallway here and trying to get everything in order. Our telephone number is the same as it ever was, King uh, 844-527-8723. You can email me. The email address is the same as it ever was, K-I-N-G-D-U-D-E at MikeChurch.com. Official website for all things me is online at MikeChurch.com. There's lots and lots and lots of new Founding Fathers Red Pill Diary clips uh, up there that were posted last night. Uh, So you take advantage of those. You people that have been asking for the audio clip from yesterday's discussion about the Second Amendment. Uh, We're going to comply. Good Lord, I can't think, think. We're we're going to comply with uh, the request to isolate that out as a a soundbite. But I got to tell you, if you're a new listener, this is, that is, everything I said is contained in a CD that you can get in the Founders Trading Post, or you can get it as a download. You don't have to wait for the CD. It's called The Spirit of 76, The Story Continues. All those arguments about the constitutionality of the Second Amendment as it's interpreted today are all in The Spirit of 76, The Story Continues. You also have, for those of you that are looking for this, you know, MikeChurch.com was registered with the Internet Domain Registration uh, Service. It, I'm trying to remember what it used to be called something before it was called what it is today. It was registered in June of 1997. So by my count, that's a hunk of letter, hunk of letter. That's 21 years. And we've been using WordPress on the site since 2010. So then that means that there's uh, a a minimum, there's eight years worth of transcripts and audio clips and posts. Uh, If you search for Kentucky Constitution 1891 or Kentucky Constitution, you'll find a couple articles there that will answer all the questions that you have if you missed yesterday's uh, or if you wanted a greater explanation 
uh, on uh, what I was talking about and what the people in Kentucky did in 1891, which is pretty simple. You know, you had this gaggle of kids that was dragged up to or bussed up to Tallahassee, Florida yesterday for, uh, this was staged. The whole thing was staged. Mr. Church, you don't think that some of those children were there? I I don't know. I'd like to think think that some of them were sincere uh, and uh, that these were their actual feelings. But as Richard Barrett pointed out during the Crusade Channel News Extra, if you were to ask those same kids the day of the shooting, the shooting began at Parkland, Florida uh, High School at 2.21 p.m. If you'd have asked them at 2.18, hey, get up in front of the class and give me five-minute dissertation on why the Second Amendment needs to be repealed and why we need to start confiscating guns. Go. Not a one of those brats could have said a word. <clears throat> now, I, w- I pointed this out yesterday with Richard during the Crusade Channel News Extra, which almost all of you did not listen to, and boy, did you miss it. But you'll get another chance to listen today at noon Eastern, again at noon Central. So that's two hours worth. This is exploitation straight up, and it's also parental abdication. Where are the adults. Where are the parents? So let me see if I understand this. Because the children are in... Now, this is such a logical canard. It's difficult to even believe that there are adult humans out there that can fall for this. And are out there... There's an episode of Star Trek. I bet Maggie O'Connell can find it. It's called the Gorgon. This was a demon, basically, that had gone to this planet where these people were trying to colonize this planet for the Federation or whatever. And they had gone to this planet. uh, The Gorgon, the demon, had gone to this planet and it figured out that the way to to get to the, the way to stop the colonization and to earn himself a few slaves in the process was to go after the kids <clears throat> to get the kids to kill the parents and then the, the kids would take over and of course the kids being children and that isn't that a great title and the children shall lead See if you can find me a digital media file on that, Mrs. O'Connell. And the children shall lead. How visionary was Gene Roddenberry in writing that episode? Uh, So what happens? The demon, the Gorgon, convinces the children that the parents are evil, they're idiots, they don't know what the hell they're doing, and that the kids ought to kill them. And they do. Children murder their parents, and then they form this pact, <clears throat> and they have this thing where they beat their hands into their fist, and then there's a sound effect for that, whenever they want to try to get a, uh, to convince a, uh, an adult to do something, 
they have this like spiritual power to make it come uh you you well the gorgon gives them the spiritual power to make these things come about but point of the uh show was and you know when uh when captain kirk got to the planet to see what the status was of the colony I noted in my log, Mr. Spock, that these children were disheveled. They were not looking very healthy. Kids were all disheveled. Their clothes were disgusting. They hadn't bathed in forever. That's when they got on the, star, on the Enterprise, and the Enterprise crew, you know, washed them all up, and tidied them all up, got them new fresh-looking clothes and all that. And then they began working on the crew of the Enterprise. And children were successful. And, you know, it was the, uh, the saying, if you showed up on if you beamed down to a planet in the Star Trek TV series in a red shirt, you died, right? <laughs> well, the kids killed a couple of guys in red shirts. Uh, and we're trying to kill. I'm under possession by this child. Mr. Spock, help me. And the children shall lead. Now, let's go back to the thesis here. <clears throat> While these children testifying in front of Florida State Legislature, and the Florida State Legislators are supposed to grovel at their knees. <laughs> what do you want? I listened to some of these speeches yesterday. There's no way a 16-year-old wrote anything that came out of that little girl's mouth. That was written by a Hollywood screenwriter somewhere. It was too uh, it was too elegant. It knew the law too well and it knew precisely what needed to be said about what parts of what law and what ordinance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they all were equally Elegant. They all were equally eloquent, I should say. I mean, how do you find such a gaggle of 15, 20, 25 children and all so just in unison and lockstep agree on everything that was said? Right down the line, they agreed. It's rather shocking, I think. Now, as I'm watching this, I'm just thinking to myself, these kids were shot in a school, right? Now, public schools are a lot of things, but they are not places where one goes to learn things. They are places where one goes to learn what to think. Uh, In other words, they are places where children are going to to be taught uh, how uh, to memorize enough stuff so that they can pass a standardized test That does not prepare them for life in the real world and certainly does not prepare their souls, does it? No, it does not. And yet, there it was. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching this, don't kids go to school so they can be educated by adults? Yeah, but what about the wisdom of a child? Okay, well, there was the wisdom of the Christ child. You could sell me on that one. You know, in the book of Matthew, there he was in the temple teaching the, or Luke, I'm sorry, in the temple at 12 years old, teaching the rabbis and the scholars, and they're all amazed at what he knew. Uh, I'll buy that. 
School buildings are places where children go so that the adults can tell them what to do, uh, uh, how to think. Not what to think, how to think. The proper order of things, the proper uh, process to accomplish things, etc., etc. It's not the other way around. And the children shall lead. And the children are leading. And they're leading us right into the Hades pit of the tranny mammies. Another subject that we have here on uh, today's show. I've been warning about this and keep warning and warning and warning and warning and warning and warning. And uh, every time we talk about this, a day or two, maybe a week later, some horrific news item will pop up on people's news feeds and they'll go say, see, see, the dude was talking about this. State of Indiana, two days ago, failed to protect its children. I've got the story here. It's tragic. The law is about to change. If you send your children to a public school, woe to you. Because what's going to happen if this juggernaut or this zeet geese is not stopped, what's going to happen, the children will lead. It's Mike Churchill here on the Crusade Channel, King Size Truth, from featuring King Size Truth from Radio Size Speakers. Our telephone number, 844-527-8723, 844-5-CRUSADE. Email me directly, my email address, kingdukeing D-U-D-E at MikeChurch.com. Look, there's a headline of the Drudge Report. CNN scripted the questions at a town hall meeting that Marco Rubio held in Florida, attended by a bunch of what? The same actor teenagers. Here's some of the sub-headlines. NRA spokeswoman booed and heckled at CNN town hall, called a murderer. What wonderful children we're raising, right? Sitcom cast slam for using GIF. Blah, blah. Moderator Tapper sits back as student equates Rubio to school shooter. Sheriff Clark, gun control push, has Soros fingerprints all over. There was a story that uh, Rick, uh, uh, Richard Barrett uh, talked about uh, during the Crusade Channel News Extra yesterday on the, um, uh, about a story that, that appeared two days ago, <clears throat> I believe it was in the Catholic Herald, about the discovery that Soros and Soros-funded groups were behind the funding, the hundreds of thousands of instant dollars or millions of dollars that were put into, immediately put into, uh, this teen activism against school shootings. And it was all just, it's just all too convenient. If it smells like a rat, it probably is a rat. Anyways, we have lots to talk about on that. We'll come back to it. Um, if there's a highlight reel out there of those testimonies, uh, Ms. O'Connell, I would love to have that audio uh, or just the audio that I was playing yesterday from... I think Fox News was covering it. <clears throat> a couple other things that we are going to discuss here today on the program. By the way, the chat room is open at MikeChurch.com. 
click the Mike Church Show live chat. You can join uh, other listeners and chatting up what it is that we are discussing here today on uh, the show. Uh, a couple of other things. Yesterday, at the age of 99, the Reverend Billy Graham, Reverend William Graham, died. Now, we're supposed to, I guess we're supposed to follow the lead of Father Dwight Longenecker. And saying the things about the Reverend Graham that Father Longenecker said, and I have them here. Uh, there's just one, there's a couple of, of, of items and issues with this, though. <clears throat> one of the reasons why I am disheveled, not totally prepared, and was late, had to play the Ted Nugent music twice today. It's because I don't like talking about things that I am not fully informed upon. And when we have apologetics classes on Wednesday night and I don't get home until 9, and I collapse into the bed after trying to eat a little something, and then i got to get up five hours later, um, if I make the decision, well, you know what? I can't get up five hours later. I won't survive. I'll die sitting in that dang chair. <laughs> I'm going to go for six hours. Well, I just took that. So yesterday I borrowed an hour from today, and today I had to pay it back. So if I had my hour, then I would have I'd be fully prepared for this, and wouldn't have run out of time. But I did get I did make a dent in it before we came on. So what basically with Father Longenecker, and by the way, <clears throat> I should play the air raid sorry, and I'll play at some point during this discourse. I'm gonna just to say this in advance. <laughs> It's a difficult issue that almost everyone is going to avoid. As a matter of fact, by my count, the only man I could find in the entire United States that said a peep about this is our own Steve Cunningham. But Cunningham's not on Fox News. Funny, Cunningham's not on uh, MSNBC. He's on the Crusade Channel, but he's only on on Sundays, introducing some of the sermons. Uh, he does have a YouTube channel. This is one of these issues here where the emotions involved prevent actual works, what I would say are actual works of charity and piety. But let it be said, before I even broach this subject here about the Reverend Graham and his death, uh, let it be said that I don't know. I'm not God. I don't play God on the radio. I'm a, I'm a pathetic example of a Catholic gentleman. I got to struggle and beg and pray every single day to not do, do things that I know that, I, that we shouldn't do. And, and 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 all the rest of it. It's difficult to win friends and influence people by delving into this subject of ecumenism, but the fact of the matter is, is that okay? What do we have a crusade channel and a crusade for? Why are we so horrified of what we of of saying what what we know to be true? Well, 
because people don't like the truth. You'll lose friends. You'll lose subscribers. You'll lose relatives. You'll lose Facebook contacts. If you dare to talk about these things. Now, I take this as a measure of just how far from the path and from the accomplishments under the grace of our Lord of Christendom, the West, the Western world, West of Rome, has fallen. We're at the bottom, folks. The, the, the next rung down is an intentional flight into paganism, and then an intentional flight into anarchy and Satanism and hedonism and heaven knows what else. Let's go back to being apes for a while. How about that? Right there, we're on the precipice of it. But for some reason, the Holy Ghost, Pericles, going, ah, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. We're at the cliff. It's 15,000 feet down. There's a pit of molten lava, millions of miles deep in it. You fall into it. You keep falling for the remainder of eternity. But, and we're over the cliff. You can look down. You can feel the flames licking up at your, at your nose, at your beard. But the Holy Ghost has got us by the belt strap. He's holding us going like, I ain't going to let you fall yet, dummy. You got one last chance, you sinful morons. We've been telling you for 7,000 years, and yet, you know, the Holy Ghost is going, you know what, maybe the demons were right. <laughs> maybe God shouldn't have given you idiots free will. Look what you've done with it. Anyways. Nothing is going to be gained by, materially is going to be gained by this discussion here today. So uh, I was uh, Rocky Balboa, The Rock, Stone Cold Dude Austin wrestling with this today. Uh, and whether or not I should talk about it. So we're going to delve into it a little bit. We've got a lot of tranny mammy news to get to here today. The demons have come. They they are not just now ascended. They're, they're basically running the show. Taking over the Indiana State Legislature. They've moved their way into judgeships all across the amber waves of rainbow flags. And they're not taking no for an answer. So Father Longenecker writes this. Did I print it out? I don't think I did. Yeah, I did. A Catholic priest pays respects to Billy Graham. Now, let it first be said before I even broach this, before I even crack the, 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 crack the shell on the egg. Before the egg, the egg shell is cracked. I did not know the Reverend Graham. I've only listened to him maybe when I was a kid because my mother was in, uh, not in that uh, denomination, but she fled the Catholic Church, hated it, despised it, still despises it to this day, and en enrolled my brothers and sisters and I in a evangelical Protestant school, and we attended a church very similar to the one that the Reverend Graham founded in North Carolina. So uh, I have seen all this up close and personal. Again, I don't particularly know the Reverend Graham. 
uh, and, and, and other than seeing him on television a time or two, never actually really seen him. Not, I've, I've seen him interviewed, but never actually heard uh, as an adult any sermons. Now I'm I'm told though that they're you know they're they're, they're fire and brimstone uh, inspirational kind of stuff <clears throat> kind of man that you go like yeah yeah I would, yeah I should do that he's righteous I want to be righteous so personally speaking this is not about the Reverend Graham his son Franklin his family those that love him you should love him. Uh, and, and, and any of the other details, again, it's difficult. Just like when the sodomites try to separate the sex act from the teenage boys that they want to turn, that they say, it's, oh, it's magnificent for them to turn into teenage sodomites. Well, consider that, parents. Along with that comes the act. That act virtually assures your son a far more rapid death a life of disease and frustration, and certainly a life outside the church, outside any realm of salvation. Consider that because they're not going to tell you that. They're going to strip what's about to happen of the consequences of it. Let us not strip what, what, what occurs in ecumenism here from the consequences of it. Better church, you losing all your look at your chat room. Nobody's in there. They all left. Well, they're gonna leave. <clears throat> so I'll ask our lady for a little uh, intercession here to not screw this up. And if I do, please call me, 844-527-8723. Father Longenecker, I am a Catholic priest, but Billy Graham is one of my heroes. Why is that? Because I was brought up in a strict evangelical home where we were used to Billy Graham's kind of old-time religion. Now, uh, lo philosophy of Perennis, Logic 101, old-time religion is, was, wh wh what does that mean? To me, old-time religion would mean, okay, how old? Can you quantify old? Old-time religion would mean... I guess, the faith. But wait, you said evangelical. <clears throat> I, I, I don't even get to the second paragraph without having to stop. We memorize Bible verses and believe that you had to get saved. Okay, Father, you're very confused. Father Longenecker, you're, we need to pray for Father Longenecker. You're very confused. You believed that you had to get saved. You mean you don't believe? Our heroes were the missionaries and traveling evangelists, and we heard them when they came to our church, preached the gospel, and called for people to, quote, bow their heads and close their eyes with no one looking around, close quote. We, we raised our hands and went forward and accepted Jesus into our lives as our personal Lord and Savior, and I'm not ashamed of it. Father, no, Father Dwight, no one asked you to be ashamed of it. You know, I, I, I don't even, this is almost as though, hey, hey, you jerks out there that go to Latin masses and stuff, listen up. I'm getting ready to canonize Reverend Graham, and there's nothing you can do about it. Take that tradition. Take that, Council of Trent. 
Take that, Athanasius. St. Athanasius. Take that, St. Polycarp. This is ecumenical nonsense here. Father, I was talking to a prelate last night. I will not mention his name. Who is deeply saddened and troubled by all this. Again, where are the Steve Cunninghams without the bad bedside manner of the world? Of the world, because Cunningham doesn't have a filter. Now that's what this. This is it. That's what it says. You didn't say that. You got. It. There's something to be said for that. Uh, continuing on with Father Longernecker now. In fact, my own first commitment to Christ as uh, was a, as a child of five. After church one Sunday night, I knelt by my bedside with my mother and told Jesus I was sorry for my sins and accepted him as my Lord. Okay. But as I grew older, I started to see the dark side of American fundamentalist Christianity. I noticed loudmouth, weeping, and sweating hustlers for the Lord on TV. I noticed the extramarital affairs of the pastors. I noticed the money-grubbing con men and the hypocritical, self-righteous, angry right-wingers. As I became more educated, I couldn't help noticing the bigotry and deliberate stupidity of many in that world. They were anti-intellectual on purpose. They excluded more people than they included and were prone to make little cult-like sects as their, of their churches and schools. They clung to young, they cling, they clung to young earth creationism and other literalist fantasies about the Bible. Now, again, Father, Father Longenecker, what do you mean literalist fantasy about the Bible and young earth creationism? Did it happen in Genesis, Father, or didn't it? With all respect, did it or did it not? This is dogma here, folks. Somebody can say, Mr. Church, they never not dogma. They never declared the age of the earth. You're right. It, okay, it's not dogmatic that the earth has been declared 7,000 years old. It is historical, but it is dogmatic that it was created. Literalist fantasy? What else is a literalist fantasy? There wasn't a flood? <clears throat> but then I went to Oxford to study to become an Anglican priest. See my conversation yesterday from, <laughs> by the by, who was the uh, Archbishop of Canterbury that converted? Was that Newman? I want to say that was Newman, but I was thinking about this this morning, and I should know, I should know this, and I know Joseph Pierce wrote about him. But in my scurry, again, I borrowed an hour yesterday to do apologetics last night from today, and so today, I'm paying for, paying for it because I'm human and I have to sleep. And so I'm a little unprepared for some of this. I, I, I think it was Newman. I went to Oxford to study to become an Anglican priest. Well, there's your problem right there. <laughs> Is it advanced ink? No, Lloyd, it's not. Well, there's your problem. <laughs> was it a Catholic seminary? No, Father, no, no, uh, 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 Lloyd, it wasn't. Well, there's your problem. <laughs> and it was there that I met Billy Graham. He had been invited to Oxford to conduct a mission. And those of us who were the, uh, theological students as well as the clergy and theologians were invited to a special meeting with him. John Henry Newman, thank you, Mrs. Linscombe. 
Newman. Archbishop Newman, thank you. <clears throat> he was surrounded by a group that was not exactly hostile, but certainly dubious, and he was the perfect Southern gentleman and charmed us all, okay? I don't remember his exact words, but it was something like, my friends, I came come here feeling a bit like Paul preaching in Athens. He was surrounded by the greatest minds and philosophers of his day, and he stood up and presented the simple, life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. There's one difference, though, Reverend Graham. St. Paul was inside a church established by Christ under that apostolic authority. There's no comparison. Now, Mr. Church, does that mean that people have to be? No, it, 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 no, it doesn't. You hear this all the time. Well, you know, usually you won't hear St. Paul. You'll hear Paul or the Apostle Paul. Why not St. Paul? He is a saint. Yeah, but that, then I'd have to acknowledge the authority that gave him the name Saint. Oh, okay. Got it, got it. So we're just going to call him Paul, you know, as in McCartney. I wonder if Paul of Tarsus had a bass. You know, that Paul of Tarsus could sing a real mean rendition of I Saw Her Standing There if you gave him the chance. Please puke. That's what I feel like, the Reverend Graham continued. Here you are as the greatest writers and thinkers of our age, and I'm just a poor country preacher. Nevertheless, it's my prayer that you will join me in witnessing to the love of Jesus Christ to this needy world. Okay, that's all good. Again, this isn't necessarily about the Reverend Graham per se, but if someone doesn't say this publicly, there's not going to be any dialogue about it, and this fake ecumenism just continues to boil and fester and at the peril of God knows, heaven knows, I should say, how many tens of millions of souls. This stuff has been denounced. It hasn't been denounced loudly enough. <clears throat> but it needs to be denounced and renounced again. That was basically uh, it, and uh, and who by the hardest of hearts could resist it, Father Longenecker says of Billy Graham. During all his years, Billy Graham maintained complete integrity in his relationships, okay? His finances and his witness. Now, this is Dr. Paul Lavins. I had this yesterday from, this is the presumption the I am a good person sin, Father. Presumption is a sin. Get my book, The English Reformation, and read Father Calkins' definition of and explanation of justification. Father Longenecker, you can't get there from where you're... No one can... Well, I shouldn't say no one, because God can do it for anyone. We shouldn't be teaching that you could get there. How about that? You shouldn't be teaching that you can get there from here. This is the danger of this. Somebody be like, hey, I don't have to do any of that other stuff. Father Longenecker says perfectly hunky-dory. All I got to do is practice the I am a good person gospel, and bam I'm in. <clears throat> 
He put safeguards in place financially so that he received a simple salary from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. No one's accusing the Reverend Graham of being a shyster, Father. I think that this dialogue here and this biography is to soften anyone that would say, hey, Father Longenecker, do you or do you not admit? Say it. Say it. Say it! Get Sam Kennison out there. Say it. The words that shan't be mentioned in the modern era because nobody believes them. Few believe them. Extra, clasium, nulla, silos. Either you do or you don't. Again, folks, I proceed from a position here that I don't know. I am alarmed by this. No one is talking about it. And I'm not trying to do a in any way, shape, or form, to I've seen others do it, to pronounce the Reverend Graham as being in the basement of hell. I don't know. I prayed for him yesterday. I did it again this morning. I'm sure many of you did. I pray that he's not. I don't want him to be there. Just like I didn't want George. I don't want George Washington to be there. You know, this, this really is a point that we must make, brothers and sisters, more often. We do, when we say and talk about these things, we must really believe this, too. We're not doing it for, for pride or for clicks or likes or anything. We do it because we're trying to practice charity and love. It's not charitable to counsel people to do things that we know, that we're taught to know, that are not conducive to eternal salvation. I don't know any other clearer way to put it. I don't think it's that hard to understand either if an idiot, sinful moron like me can get it. I hope I have it. Of course. As soon as I say I got it, I'll lose it. Back to the confessional. But it's okay. When he traveled, he was never in a room with a woman alone. Again, <laughs> I'm skipping the bio. Therefore, Father Longernecker Right. Apart, apart from being the most famous evangel evangelist of our age, he, he was also a model of Christian ministry. Father Longenecker, what do you mean by Christian ministry? Uh, do, does that mean then that a model of Christian ministry is not G uh, Giuseppe Sarto? Middle Church, who in the Haiti that Giuseppe Sarto? They say. You know him today as St. Pope Pius X. Does that mean that a great model who lived almost in the same time frame that we could follow would not be St. Pio? A Petrolicina? See, this is, this is where this, uh, where, what does that mean? So that means that great models of ministry never have to go to confession, don't do holy days of obligation, do not believe in the eight sacraments, only accept three of them. This is why there's such confusion out there. No one's saying that Reverend Graham was a bad man. No one's saying it, nothing of the sort. I'm sure there are millions of people right now going. Praying for the repose of his soul. Eternal rest grant unto him, perpetual light shine upon him. May he rest in peace. Amen. This stuff is scandalous, and it should be scandalous. And it just indicates, again, 
Christ in them, age of faith, real Christianity here. Yes, with all the flawed men and all the heretics and everything. That's right. All of the all, all, all of the uh, the bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All of it there. But if there was any of this, it was caught immediately before it could spread and before it could damage souls, and it was put down, as it should be. Why am I the one left to talk about this? I, I know somebody's going to do it. They just didn't have time. It'll probably come out as soon as I open my mouth and blab about this. <laughs> It'll show up on a news feed. Somebody, a miniature, miniature, somebody else did write about it. What's that? Yeah, in three days, Matt Walsh will come out with a column doing just this, and everybody will go, oh, I thank God for Matt Walsh. Hey, Matt, I got some of this, uh, you know, stuff I'm talking about here from fisheaters.com. Just saying, bro, me and you chums. Father Longernecker. Therefore, apart from being the most famous evangelist of our age, he was also a model of Christian ministry. As such, he is a model for all priests, pastors, popes, and bishops. So, so now bishops can be outside of the loving arms of the bride of Christ, his church. I mean, folks, I really, you, you can't read this, and if you have this stuff in your heart, you can't read it and not be upset about it. I went on to become first an Anglican minister and then a Catholic priest, but in that journey, I've never turned my back on my good evangelical upbringing. Folks, this is the air, this is the... the this is the era of plur, era of pluralism here. This is also a, what does David Simpson call it, a false, uh, uh, what is it, the, uh, the era of false dichotomies, false choices. So it's either, either this or it's the other. I have not denied all the good things that, from that Christian heritage. I've just added to them. And if I take any label at all, it is that of an evangelical Catholic. Again, this is a slap right across the face of anyone that's practicing the faith with zeal. Because we're not evangelicals, right? All we do is read the Council of Trent. All we do is run around and quote dogma all day long. All we do, you know, is act all pharisaical. We certainly don't consult our Bibles, do we? Billy Graham, uh, uh, Father Longenecker concludes. Father Dwight Longenecker. Billy Graham was part of that foundation, and he was a true man of God. Again, so a true man of God does not need the seven sacraments, to become a true man of God. I'm almost moved to tears here. This is sad. So let me see if I understand this. 
So a true man of God does not need conversion. He does not need a confirmation. He does not need a baptism inside the church. Now, the church acknowledges that all these all baptisms, as long as they're done with the correct form, are, are valid. But you don't need any of the sacraments. You don't need any of the holy days of obligation. You don't need any of the observations of, of, of feast days and others. You don't need any, any of the 2,000-year teaching. None of it. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. How can it? So, so, so what? Should we all just quit today? You know what? I'm, I'm bailing on my Lenten fast. I don't need to do anything to my soul. It's in perfect condition. I'm a nice guy. You know what? Here at the Crusade Channel, Veritas Radio Network, I try to make it so I'm never in a room with a woman who works here by myself. Bammo, I'm going to heaven. You know what? I'm going to try to provide, if I ever have a spare penny, I'm going to put it on the side into the Mike Church Show proto-evangelist fund, and I'm going to draw from it, and I'm not going to let anyone get to me. Bammo, I'm a good guy. I'm going to heaven. What is this? Look, I understand you love your friend, and that's fine. I'm glad you love him, but you, you can't canonize him. And you cannot canonize error. This is erroneous stuff here. You know what? This is the reason why these schisms are never going to heal. Because some men really don't believe the faith. I'm sorry. They just don't. That's tragic. That, in and of itself, is tragic. Now, wait a minute. I didn't get to the punchline. Billy Graham was part of that foundation, and he was a true man of God. All right. May flights of angels wing him to his rest, and may perpetual light shine upon him. He couldn't even do the entire purgatorian prayer. Three parts of it. All holy sacramental things, not all of them. Many of them come in threes. Purgatory and prayer does. <clears throat> 844 527 8723 is our telephone number. 844 5 Crusade. Email me directly. My email address, same as it ever was, King Dude, K I N G D U D. Now, just quickly now, again, I was a little rushed in preparing this. How would you correctly then express this god-awful cumanism that we're told that we must practice? It's a little piece that I found from Harold E. Willits. Gives us an idea. Quote, Let's say that a father, <clears throat> well, you know, I'll read the narrative here from the, the fish eater dude. In this regard, any ecumenism that is not false will have as its goal the bringing of all into the church as formal members, be they Protestant, Jewish, Buddhist, Muslim, Hindu, pagan, or secular. The goal of any true ecumenism isn't unity. 
because the church is already unified. His body is already unified. The return, the return of heretics, schismatics, and apostates to the bosom of the one holy C and A C church is the only goal of true ecumenism. I, I left the C words out just to, to let you see how logic, logical, true, and beautiful it sounds, even if you leave the C word out. Proper attitude to take toward the truth that those who are not formal members of the church might be saved if they meet the above criteria is expressed well in this analogy by Harold E. Willits. Let's say that a father kept a loaded gun in the house. Now, certainly it has occurred since the invention of the revolver that a bullet has failed to fire when the trigger was pulled. Therefore, based on this possibility, should the father continually remind the children that if they play with a gun and shoot at each other, it may not go off? Would that be a wise and prudent father, one who truly cares for his children? If the father continually discussed the possibility that the gun may not go off if the trigger were pulled, would he be misleading his children? Yes! Although what he is saying is not false. It is deceptive because it implies that something that is rare is actually likely. In other words, yeah, now, now, now I get where you're going with this. As I like to say, you could quote me on this. You cannot make a rule out of an exception. And ex there are exceptions, but they can never be rules precisely because they are exceptions. An exception gives glory and the sh shine of beauty, practicality, Holiness, everything you can imagine, to a holy rule. Are there exceptions to it? He's God. He does what he wants. Of course there's exceptions to it. Do we know them? Sometimes you can kind of, eh, well, this could be an exception, but you can't make an exception a rule. And anyone that teaches an exception as a rule is teaching heresy. You know what the rule is. You're saying that the rule doesn't apply to this guy because he was nice. How can that possibly be? <laughs> uh, continuing, the result will be that the children will become more negligent in playing with loaded guns, which most likely will kill one of them. Should the father not say, uh, do not play with a loaded gun, whatever you do. If you play with a loaded gun, someone will get killed. A wise and prudent father may realize there are very slight, a very slight percentage of bullets that are defective, but he knows that it is not wise to continually remind his children of this lest they become forgetful of the dangers of playing with loaded guns. To carry the metaphor further, Catholics do not let non-Catholics play with guns. When others do play with guns, we can pray and have human hope that they don't get shot, but we can't expect or have a good hope that they won't. If, in fact, they are not shot, we know they are part of the church, outside of which there is no salvation. Bottom line, we can't know the subjective states of the souls of unbelievers, and we can't know how God might or might not illumine their souls, and save them. But we can and do know that he has revealed about himself, and we must tell others 
his gospel, this gospel. We can and do know what he told us about his church, and we must try to bring people to it in a prudent manner, without being nagging, fanatic, and annoying, etc. We can and do know what he told us to do, and we must do it. And we must do these things with firmness, boldness, prudence, and great charity, all while begging mercy for sinners, including ourselves. Now, I only have one final thought about Father Dwight Longenecker, and I don't know Father Longenecker. Yeah, I'm going. Father Longenecker, did you try and convert your friend? This, to me, sums all of it up. Did you try and convert your friend, Reverend Graham? Did you beg him before he died to admit the authority of the Pope to accept the one true Catholic Church to receive another, if needed, baptism, to make a good confession, to ask for those final rites, and then to let God sort the rest of it out. Did you, Father? And this is what really, really bothers me, because you didn't say anything about it. Nothing. There are Catholic prelates out there that are watching their Protestant friends die and aren't trying to convert them, I got to ask the question, why are are the rest of us worried about it? These guys took vows, for heaven's sake. Are we not supposed to do this? It's Mike Churchill here on the Crusade Channel featuring King Size Truth from uh, Radio Size Speakers. Now, I'm prayerful that the Reverend Graham, that I know that he met with Pope John Paul II. I believe he met with Pope Paul VI. So I know he was in company with Potters. You think they asked him? There's a letter that I used to read from Father Leonard Feeney that he wrote to Dwight David Eisenhower as president. I'll get that for you in the next segment. All right, uh, uh, to the uh, telephones. I was uh, haranguing at Mr. Cunningham earlier, and he is uh, called a program. The host of Sermon Sunday, the proprietor of Census Fidelium, the YouTube channel, uh, which you can check out all those sermons on in video form. Yes, Mr. Cunningham, how are you this uh, bright and beautiful Thursday? Um, just peace. You just driving around, wasting as much gas as I possibly can, driving people around town. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, keep my eyes open. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, I saw that you had gone on Father Longenecker's Facebook wall and had said, Really, Padre? Really? Uh, did you get a response? Yeah, he wrote back, he kind of backpedaled on it, saying that, uh, well, we hope that he's in the least purgatory, and as that is the, uh, he was it, or sub, uh, subsection of, uh, heaven that we hope we pray he's at least there, and that, therefore he would be in heaven. I was like, well, you know, that's not what you said in your original post. Well, that's not um, what, that's not what I just read either. No, 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 no. It's, it's a combination of Americanism and Palatianism. Uh, we could, we don't need grace. We can just do it by our own bootstraps, do good stuff. And, uh, hey, we're good people. We just, uh, count the kitty one day. We're going to go to heaven. Uh, nobody goes to hell except for Adolf. 
he's basically by himself with Stalin, boy, solitaire down in hell. And, and not saying that he's not, and as you say, not saying that Billy's down there, but a yes, if not by no fault of anybody himself, they do not know the truth of the Catholic Church, they can achieve salvation. Now, for someone to say, can Billy have a Church? I was that's stretching it. I mean, the guy had a library, for which is kind of funny for someone that is full of scriptura. If you only need the Bible, why do you have a gigantic library? I never got that. Um, yeah, you'd only need one book, right? Yeah, yeah. Why, why, why go to seminary? You, you and him, your own interpretation, your own Bible? What's the purpose of seminary? There's some contradictions all over the place. Anyway, but he had a you full know, team of good friends with him. He met the Pope a couple times. He had bishop friends. He, uh, I was reading, I sent an article to Father Dix yesterday, talked about the uh, the Protestant that wrote it, uh, uh, lamenting about how many Catholic friends Graham had, and, and even though he was going to these crus- having these crusades and drawing people, they were out of the Catholic Church into the real religion, or whatever we wanted to call it. As we are uh, applauding that aspect, so those are right. He had Catholic friends. He had big time. Well, she was not a small one. He wasn't a small pup. He met the Pope, but he wasn't like this guy on that bill of an island that didn't know anything about the Catholic Church or the truth. So this, he had zero, as you said, zero point zero chance of his witness. Uh, he had to have known. Uh, but if we're going to canonize him, and that's everywhere across the board, has done. It's not just that one that there's, uh, yeah, back in the Carolina areas. I mean, I don't know him as when he's going to say, hey, Steve, how you doing? And I've been asking him over and over, yes or no, is there a part to be counted? Because if it's not, then let me know, because if the past has been stuck, then we can stop and we don't have to do this anymore. Well, uh, well that's the question, isn't it? Isn't it? Do they? <laughs> all right, like, like, like I say, all right. So true men of God, then, don't need the sacraments. Yeah, that's Pelagius' idea. I, I, no grace. Okay. Do it on your own step. Well, then we ought to have, the, then there's there's so many problems with that. Um, I, I also have to ask the, the question, and, and, and uh, as I was reading Father Longenecker's essay at the Catholic Herald, I'm going like, okay, maybe when I get to the end, he'll drop the bomb that, uh, that he had worked on uh, the Reverend Graham, he'd asked him to convert, and that he was pretty sure that he did. Uh, maybe he, he's just not saying it. I don't know. Uh, it, it, again, it's possible. It, it, people should not confuse this. You just want to damn the Reverend Graham to hell so your stupid little church can, so you can have your little moment of clickbait pride. No, I don't. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. I didn't want to do this. I fought with this. I did not want to do this topic today. I really didn't. Uh, I felt compelled to, but I didn't want to do it. Why? Because I knew there, 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 there's, there's no victories that come out or. or Difficult to achieve anything, quote unquote, victory yeah. in this American and in, in, in this world beset with material accomplishment. But some of the things that Father Longenecker wrote are are just they have to be answered. Exactly, you have to pu- a public a public thing like that. People are publicly, you know, canonizing across boards and Fox News to CNN to pilots to bishops to the USCCP to you God knows who everyone literally across the board everyone just it's St. Billy. Well there's a headline. There's a headline of the Catholic Herald. Cardinal Dolan to lead 
uh, 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 Billy Graham Memorial or something to that effect. I'm, <laughs> am I, is this really? <laughs> I mean, is this like Pope Pius V to lead memor- a memorial service for Martin Luther? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I remember there was a priest that talked about Martin Luther being a canonized saint because he was a martyr, and they had, they had put him all over the place. Again, Americanism. So Pelagian, so so Pelagius denied the need for grace. Exactly, that's why Saint Augustine wrote against him as Doctor of Grace, wrote a ton against him and combated him on that uh, because Pelagius was basically we can do it by our own bootstraps. Bootstraps, you know, we don't need grace. Okay, pick ourselves up. All we need is a, all we need is Bibles and uh, and. Do it our own. They don't even what well, that, but for, there weren't any Bibles then, so they didn't even need the Bible. Yeah, you don't need anything. You just do it yourself. So then, it's, it's works only. It's works only. It's our bad press that they use. <laughs> that is Blake's idea. Someone ever goes, "Oh, yeah." All right, brother. Thank you for uh, some of the clarification. I got to go. Uh, heartbreak coming up. Steve Cunningham from CensusFidelium.com. God bless you, brother. Talk soon. Uh, 844-527-8723 is our telephone number. And uh, I'd like to, if anyone else wants to chime in on this, I I am all ears. 844-527-8723, Mike Church Show, here on the Crusade Channel, King Size Truth for Radio Size Speakers. Call the Veritas Radio Network's Crusade Channel now. It's as close to a free lunch as you can get. Grab a brew. Don't cost nothing. Call 844-5-CRUSADE. When you want to talk, the bar's always open. And a truth-vending bartender in on the Crusade Channel. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago, and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know. That Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to.
Here on the Crusade Channel, featuring King Size Truth from Radio Size Speaker. Here on a Thursday, my telephone number, if you'd like to call the program, 844-527-8723, 844-5-CRUSADE. Email me directly, my email address, same as it ever was, kingdude at mikechurch.com. I did not send my email out yesterday. And I uh, told you I was going to send the spam out, uh, imploring you to upgrade your memberships from, if you're a basic yearly or a basic monthly, to founding brother, uh, to cut off at the nip it in the bud, Andy, cut off at the pass, a upcoming shortfall in uh, Crusade Channel Fortunes. And many of you have responded. As a matter of fact, we got a, uh, a, fan, uh, a letter yesterday from... A Crusader level member who re-upped for the next 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 year uh, a month before he needed to, made a donation, even put some money into his founder's trading post uh, uh, account funds so that he could purchase against it. Um, but we still need. Make no mistake about it. Those numbers that I gave uh, the three things <laughs> to, to make it to April the second. So as Chris Ferrara says, if you like what you hear here on this channel, you have a duty to support it. If you're listening to this on the preview channel, you have a duty to become a Founders Pass member today. Don't put it off. Do it today. It costs 26 cents per month. Uh, three things. Well, actually, there's four. So first of all, you can become a Founders Pass member if you're not one. If 600 people were to do that between now and April the second, problem solved. Okay, so that's one. Number two, <clears throat> make a donation in any kind to the Crusade Channel, Veritas Radio Network. You could do so by going to crusadechannel.com, clicking the Donate Shop button at the top of the page. It'll take you right to the page. You can even make a recurring donation. If you want to kick in 20 bucks a month, thank you, thank you, thank you. You could do that. One time, five bucks, you could do that. Um, uh, so th those are easy ways. Third way, <laughs> somebody wants to plunk $30,000 down to uh, meet the shortfall and all the rest of the solicitation can end today. So, a uh, 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 now I put that in the appeal, not as a joke, but just to give an idea. Okay. This is how large the issue, the problem is here. And then the fourth way, which we believe is the easiest because you are already a Founders Pass member and you're already saying that you, you like what it is that we're doing, is to upgrade from basic monthly or basic yearly to founding brother monthly or yearly. Now, you can also upgrade to Crusader if you want. Uh, I won't stop you from that. 
There is Founding Brother uh, Founding Brother Monthly. You can take advantage of that. I think it's 16 bucks a month. Uh, we're not talking about <clears throat> extremes here, folks. And uh, now maybe for some, uh, that is an extreme. Uh, don't mean to cast aspersions upon anyone's particular financial or an economic plot, uh, plot in life. Uh, there is also Founding Father Level Monthly. Now, if you go to Upgrade, Upgrade, you need to log in first at crusadechannel.com. Then, under Members, there's an Upgrade button. Select the plan and then check out, and it will prorate your choice for you, okay? If you have any trouble with that, all you have to do is open a support ticket up. Click the Support tab. Open a support ticket up. And uh, uh, just have a rapport with uh, Mrs. O'Connell in the other room. You will exchange phone numbers, set a time up, and she'll call you, and we'll get this all taken care of over the phone. Uh, we believe in doing this over the phone, not via email. Email is impersonal. People get angry. They say things over email they don't mean, and it comes across as mean, and it's not. We say things. People are like, well, you didn't have to. Phone is easy. And you can hear exactly what's going on. And so we're happy to make phone calls. And that's for anything. You want to make a donation? Don't want to go for a credit card route over the Internet? Fine. Make a phone call. Uh, we also accept checks, IOUs, you know, American Express, Traveler's Checks, you name it. You want to send a couple chickens in a box? We'll take that, too. So you can do all that at crusadechannel.com uh, today. Would you hand me that letter that just came out on the printer, Mrs. O'Connell, please? Now, I knew when I started the segment last hour. I knew that some of you were going to take it the wrong way or and were going to write me and we're going, well, I knew it. So here is a letter. The first one that's come in, you can write me at kingdude at mikechurch.com. This is Kenny S. writing. Subject, Protestant teaching. Message body. Good morning, Mike. I've been listening to you since 2010. Billy Graham is not in heaven or in the presence of God because of his good deeds. No one is! His exclamation all caps. If he is there, it is because he believed in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. If we are to believe, as I do, that we are saved by grace, then there is nothing we can do to earn it. Can he... You, you know, this is straight out of Luther here, right? This is condemned as a 16th century heresy for good reason, brother. Very good reason. What do you mean there's nothing you can do to earn it? Of course there's something you can do to earn it. All the way back to the fathers. St. Paul, work your salvation out with fear and trembling. Uh, Kenny, work it out. What in the hell could that possibly mean if it doesn't mean that you can't earn it? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Right from the pen of the epistler himself, Saul of Tarsus, named St. Paul. Come on, man. What do you mean you can't earn it? Anyway, <clears throat> sorry, I didn't mean to yell. <clears throat> We must believe as it says over and over again in Scripture. What does it say over and over again? This is my body. Take it and eat it. That's what it says over and over again in Scripture, Kenny. This is my body which will be given up for you. That's what it says. 
Should we do that? Lord, Lord, how many times shall we forgive them? Lord, Lord, how many times shall we, shall we grant them pardon? Seven times, amen, amen, I say unto you. It, in other words, it is true, it is true. Seven times 70. What else can that possibly mean other than reconciliation? Belief, however, is not knowledge of. It is a faith as defined in Scripture. Okay, again, so if the faith is only defined in Scripture, then that means before the first Bibles were ever printed in the 16th century, everyone went to hell. Right until Gutenberg came along, because you couldn't get a Bible. And people don't understand this. If you, if you had a holy Bible, you didn't have one before Gutenberg. And if you did, it was immobile. It probably weighed about 40 pounds, had a ginormous leather cover on it. It was very large. Let's think Declaration of Independence large, because monks, Catholic monks, would sit there with ink pens and quill feathers and all manner of wax and other uh, 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 adornments, and it had to physically write it out. Oh, and where did they copy it from? Brothers, sisters, sisters, brothers. What were they copying it from? Texts that had been approved by previous councils of? Oh, no, miniature. Miniature, don't go there. Some story about some guy named St. Jerome. Going to the Holy Land, getting the Hebrew text of the Old Testament, learning Hebrew, translating them into Latin, Vulgate. Why Latin? It was the language of the world. The Roman Empire's language was Latin. Get over it and get over yourself. I want to quote it in Greek. Well, go ahead and quote it in Greek if you know Greek. But don't deny that the reason it was translated into Latin is so that all could hear it. Romans 10, 17. Hey, you want to go ba uh, bi ba battle of the band Bible verses? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes through hearing. Is Paul lying? Is he making it up? No, man, faith, no, faith, faith comes through reading. You got to read. You got to read the Bible. Well, what if I'm illiterate? What if I live in the 5th century and there is no Bible? You, do you, does anyone ever think about any of these things before they proclaim them as gospel truth and as things to base the rest of your life upon? Come on. I am not going to preach to you, but some of your Catholic teaching is simply not what Scripture says. Okay, name one thing that is not. Kenny, brother, sister, name one. Give me one. One thing that you say is not what Scripture, and by the way, it's not my Catholic teaching. Don't say it's your. Say the, and use a capital T and a capital C, not lowercase. It's the Catholic teaching from Catholica in the Greek, meaning universal. Why was it universal? I don't know. Some uh, dude uh, from Nazareth named J.C. told a bunch of uh, uh, 12 guys to go out and teach it. Taught them to go out and teach in unity. Why? Because they were already unified. They were unified under what? Under him. Here, Peter, here's keys. I give you the keys to the gates of heaven. Was that a joke? Well, I, I read it in Greek. This doesn't mean it. Okay, what does it mean? What? Because there are 57 Cadillacs sitting around the side of Mount Tabor that I didn't see? No, nah, man, he was giving him the keys to a camel. I pray you will open your heart and mind to that possibility. What? 
that the Catholic teaching is, is, is errant, is wrong? Why would I open my heart and mind up when it's already been opened up? That the teaching is wrong? Now, you see, this is the summary of the errors of modern man. Okay, I need to open my heart and mind up because there's a possibility, right? Uh, That ain't in the Bible. That's not in Scripture. Well, I'll tell you what else is not in Scripture. You ever made the sign of the cross? I don't want to catch any of you doing it ever again. There's not a verse making the sign of the cross. Is there? As a matter of fact, there's a whole bunch of things that aren't in the Bible. Let me give you one. Like, reading the Bible is not in the Bible. Peter George, please, they're fleeing now. They're leaving like roaches with the light turned on. Reading, because it wasn't there. Reading the Bible is not in the Bible. Produce the verse. Produce it. But better charge. I feel like courage a cowardly dog now. Produce the verse. I heard a very uh, powerful argument on this one time. Very powerful argument on this and about this. If you were to go into Portugal in the year of our Lord and Savior, I don't know, 1080, give me me 1084. Around the time that the great Cistercian St. Bernard of Clairvaux was teaching in France. If St. Bernard of Clairvaux were to leave his monastery, travel into Portugal, Realize that, hey, hey, Lamas, you know, hey, fellow brothers, it's Sunday. It's Holy Day of Obligation. Got to go to Mass. Even though the Portugal culture was totally different, even though they ate different food, even though their practice of the Gospels and the faith and the teaching took on a little different patina because of the environmental conditions, maybe some of the traditions of their fathers, none of them were outside now. None of them were in error. They were just different, culturally different. They were actually beautiful. Some may be repugnant to the French or to the Swiss or whatever Bernard was. But when they got to Sunday and the bell tolled noon for Mass, Everybody knew exactly what to do. No arguments, no discussions, no disagreements. Everybody knew exactly what to do. If it was a sung mass, they knew the hymns or the chants, rather. If it was a low mass, they knew the prayers. Every single one of them. When it came time to beat their chest and say, Domine non, some dignis, un interested, tectum maeum, tantum dic verbo, sanabatar anamamea. They knew exactly what they were doing. They were saying, God, I am not worthy. And you know what? 
<clears throat> Many of them weren't. You know why? They were sinners, stayed in their seats, waited for Father afterwards. They all knew exactly what the dogma was. They know exactly what they were supposed to do in a mass, exactly what they were supposed to do if they weren't in a state of grace. Every, they all knew all of it. Now, again, they had cultural differences, which is why they were different people and why, yes, there were even wars in between holy Catholic kings, or Catholic kings, rather. But on matters of dogma and the faith, if there was a disagreement, well, there was probably a council to put it down and someone was declared a heretic and excommunicated. And that was that. Now, you mean to tell me that you really think that Bresler's 39 billion varieties of faith with different and newfangled translations is a better alternative to what the one true unified practice of the faith kept, holy, defended, practiced for almost 1,600 years, 1,600 years? Come on, really? Do you, want, do you want to be in history or do you want to be without history? Do you want to actually say the truth and know it or do you actually want to deny the truth? There's a comment in the chat room, <laughs> not meaning to be crass, but this is how I see it, and likely why, why many others who are not religious look at religion as a joke. Well, Jeff, you're not looking at religion. Men are fallen and fallible. If you were, look, if you were to look at men, and if you look at the history of men, would you not believe in men then? Give me your... Here, give me the non, here, let's make the comparison. Give me the non-religious religion belief in man. If, if man is here, it's a very simple question. What is he here for? If there is no religion and you think it's a folly and it's a joke, well then living then must be a folly and a joke. So why do we have rules and laws? Why are we like the animals? Animals don't have rules and laws. The animals meander about. They want to eat something. If it's still alive, they kill it. Separates man from the animals. If not religion, if not a soul, if not accountability, if not four final things, death, judgment, heaven, hell. <laughs> 844-527-8723 is our telephone number. 844-5-CRUSADE. Anyway. <clears throat> That's where this nonsense comes in. The I am a good person. <laughs> Over the past 50 years, the fear of God, a gift from the Holy Ghost, is fast evaporating, writes by uh, Dr. Paul Lavin. As a practicing psychologist, it is the most striking to me how grandiose we have become in assessing the goodness of our character. How many reprobates declare, quote, I am a good person, close quote, despite having a long history of despicable behavior. By the way, without religion and without Christ's definition of good and bad, 
Who gets to say what's good and what's bad? I can go to one island in the middle of the Galapagos and I can find a freaking headhunter that thinks that cannibalism is good. Teaches it and preaches it, brother. Sister, is that good? But a church plays. Of course it's not. Well, yes, it is. According to the cannibal, it is. So where do you get your definition of good and bad from? Oh, we don't want to go there, do we? Come on, Mike. Get off the high horse. You're... They take our Lord for granted, believing that an all-merciful God would never send anyone to hell. You want to bet? I've read people that have been there, seen it. As a matter of fact, a blessed mother, Our Lady, came down from heaven. She wasn't just strolling about going like, you know what, I think I'm going to go visit some paupers in Portugal today. Hey, Gabriel, want to go along for the ride? Or wait a minute. Hey, Gabriel, we'll hop in the 57 Cadillac that was hide behind Mount Tabor. Peter gave me the keys. We'll drive that joker down to Portugal. Hey! What up, Lucia? Francesco, what up? Lucinda. Three children were shown a vision of hell. Were they lunatics? No, they were just deranged kids. Mike, come on, nobody believes the Fatima kids. The Fatima kids believe the Fatima kids. 70,000 people showed up on October the 13th, 1917, because the Fatima kids said a miracle was going to happen, and 70,000 people saw it, witnessed it, photographed it, were photographed looking at it. But uh, go ahead. No, nothing to see here. Move along, citizen. Hey, by the way, uh, you know, hey, Gabriel and Raphael, be gentlemen, angels, and open the door for Our Lady. When she gets out of the 57 Cadillac, Peter gave her the keys to. Although they ignore God and violate his laws, they will argue that they are no worse than the rest of the human race. In fact, they will insist that they are better than most and can cite a few acts of kindness to support their point. Well, okay. Even Al Capone funded soup kitchens for the poor during the Great Depression. Right? Their conclusion that I am a good person is founded on this twisted logic. They hang their hat on the belief that an all-loving God will take them into paradise upon their demise regardless of the state of their soul. Moreover, they believe that they have no obligation to attend Holy Mass, follow His laws, and receive the sacrament. A free pass into heaven is their right. The result of the preceding leads to the sin of presumption. Presumptuous thinking people overestimate their goodness, believing that they are better than they really happen to be. Moreover, they vastly underestimate God's justice, assuming he so loves his people that he will take all of them into heaven, even if they violate his commandments. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to add a personal note. Personal note and aside here, Mike Churchill, Crusade Channel, King Size Truth from real radio size speakers. Personal note. It is exactly because I don't think that I'm good, holy, humble, charitable, pious, anything that I need sacraments. And I want to die thinking 
that I need the sacrament. They don't need me. I need them. Or I am going down to the straight, uh, the giant burn pit in the bottom. This is the lesson that we should get out of all these discussions. The idea that somehow, just because we are we, that that then elevates our status into something and that we get to determine that that status is good and therefore the Almighty has to accept our determination. <clears throat> we learn in Philosophia Perennis, no man does anything unless he thinks he is doing good, says Brother Francis. Even Hitler thought he was doing good. Now, if I could climb inside the sick, twisted mind of Hitler, and if I could say, hey, he actually thought he was doing good things. Well, according to self-justification and making your own faith up as you go along, why isn't Hitler a canonized saint hanging out with St. Peter, you know, in the back seat of the 57 Cadillac with Our Lady Raphael and Gabriel? Why not? Middle Church, please, he's throwing in a war to kill the Jews. So? So what? You get to define your good. Why didn't Hitler get to define his? That's just stupid. I'm turning you off. Go ahead. I've gotten under your skin now because now you have to answer the question. Who determined that Hitler was a bad guy? Who? What teaching places Hitler in the bad corner and all the rest of you in the good corner? Can you answer that question? I dare you. Go ahead. Answer the question. 844-527-8723. So next time you hear about Aunt Mamie up at the, you know, the great piano gin bar in the sky, knowing fully well, you know this, that she's up there because she was a good person. She loved Jesus. She's there. That's all that matters. Critics or the uh, critics of the faith claim Pope Pius XI was Hitler's pope. And, uh, you know, Hitler was baptized Catholic. Maybe he's at the piano bar. Shaved the mustache off because he didn't like it anymore with Aunt Amy. Knocking back. A nice Warsteiner German beer. Chasing it. With a shot of German, to, uh, German vodka. Why not? Hitler got the judgment and told St. Peter, give me the keys, bro. No, I'm not letting you in. Yeah, you are. Give me the keys. I'm taking the 57 caddy, too. Who do you think this is? What do you think? You're... I'm good. I did good for it. You know how many people I liberated from this hegemon that was Europe? The sickness that was pervading Europe at the time? I don't ask trick questions on this show, and it's not a trick question. It won't take 50 pages to answer the question. Very simple. Why isn't Hitler in heaven? What law, or should I say whose law, did he violate? And by the way, where do we find that law? Hmm? What entity has been defending it 
Now, not defending the men who are in error of it. This is where all of you are all wet and wrong. No one defends those that contravene, that distort, that pervert the law and the teaching. They're not defended because they're indefensible. Now, as human souls, they can be reconciled, but they're not defensible. So this stuff has been in force since around 3.15 in the afternoon on the 25th of March, 33 A.D. or so. What entity that survives today defended it and continues to defend? Again, don't confuse the human element. <clears throat> there you go. I would love to hear from all of you on this. This is uh, Scott in Tennessee. Next up on the Mike Church Show here on the Crusade Channel, featuring King Size Truth from Fate Radio Size Speakers. Hello, Scott. How you doing? All right. How are you, Mr. Church? I am well, sir. Thank you. Uh, you know, I uh, used to talk a while ago that they don't say to read the, the Bible in the Bible, but Jesus didn't say that. But he said, haven't you read in the scriptures? And he said that they told the prophet all, uh, the, uh, he had done nothing and hid it from us, that he didn't uh, uh, tell us by the prophet. So we have to read. Uh, that's another quote that he said. We have to read, read the scriptures to, you, to get it. How do you know that it wasn't told to him? You're assuming that he read it. How do you know it wasn't orally communicated? Well, he already knows it. I mean, he's the one, he's the one that gave it to the prophets because he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. Well, then he wouldn't have to read it, would he? No, but we would. Okay, the, so the, the, the fire where does he? No, 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 no. Okay, now you're now you're pulling Protestantism on me. Where does it say? I look. I'm just quoting you back to you. Where does it say, thou shalt read thy Bible, and thou shalt be saved? Where does it say that? It don't. It's only one way to be saved, and that's by the blood of Christ. I mean, the the, the Protestant church ain't going to save you. The Catholic church ain't going to save you. The only way for salvation, the Lord said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh before the Father but by me. I understand that, and that that is and all true. It, well, but, and when he died, when he died on the cross, he done away with a lot of legalism of the of of uh, of uh, of the Judaism, because he ripped the, the when he died the temple, the veil of the temple ripped from uh, top to bottom. Well, that's because so, it was an invalid temple at that time. It no longer well, had the ark of the covenant in the ark. It no, it no longer had a holy ark of the covenant in it. And the Jewish people had decided that he was not the Messiah. So they rejected him. So he said, all right, well, then I'm taking your temple. So I don't, what does that do to the argument? So in the Acts of the Apostles, well, when St. Paul excommunicates a man and a woman, what was he doing? Under what authority was he excommunicating them? He done it under Christ. How? That's the way to do it, it's under Christ. How? You can't do it under. How well, can you do it under the church? The church don't hold all power. Well, I mean, the church can't hold all power. The Christ, church, the church, Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the church. 
he's the high priest. He's, he's not the high priest. He, he's not the high priest. He is the church. That's why it's called the mystical body of Christ. It's not an earthbound. It's not, a, it's not an entity that you can touch with your hands. It is the mystical body of Christ. But we are men. Scott, you're a man. You can't subject yeah. to anything in this realm other than the uh, in, in, in the temporal realm. You have to be subjected to temporal things. And if you want to drive a car, you're going to drive it with square with with square wheels. No, I'm no, right. right? Because the laws of nature that God created said that they're not going to work very well. You need round, less friction. It goes a lot better. We're subjected to the laws of nature, so. You can't just say a priori, well, man created that, and that's it. It's done. Christ didn't create it. Well, he did create it. Matthew 16, 13. He did create it. He handed Peter the keys. I don't understand if that dialogue is so insignificant. Why is it in there in two Gospels? Why is it there? Well, uh, he also in another spot. No, 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 no. You, no, you don't get to go and quote me from another book. Why is it there? This, this is what I don't understand, and I, and I and but, just can't wrap my head around. Why he would he say, go he through the entire dialogue and use the word church, ecclesium? Why? If he didn't mean to establish the church. What, 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 what did he mean? Yeah, he did. He did establish the church. The whole body. The, the, um, a, church or, the, a, uh, a church, church or the, the church? A or the church? They didn't say the Catholic Church. They didn't say the Protestant Church. Scott, what does Catholic mean in Greek? Since the, since the book was written in uh, in Greek, what does Catholic mean in Greek? Well, I don't I don't know. Universal, don't know universal. I'll tell you what it means. It means universal. So you think that universe that Catholic is a proper noun and it refers to some men or some group of men? It it's basically is an adjective. Universal is what it is. So. The name means universal. Another word for universal? One. Singular. Not many. One. Very simple. Yeah, we'll, all, we'll all be one in, in, in the body of Christ. Yeah. Okay. And in the body of Christ, St. Peter was told, upon this rock, Caiaphas, I will build my church. But Christ is the rock. <laughs> Not Peter. Peter is the successor of Christ. He is the what is he is the vicar of Christ. He was chosen by Christ. You know, and he specifically was chosen because he was a screw up, because he wasn't perfect, because in most of his actions he was a fisherman for heaven's sake. In most of his actions, who was the one that, before the cock crows three times? You will deny me. Yep. Well, he, he, he was, Satan, get behind me. As soon as he appointed him the first pope, he, he, he screwed up, got, and, and our Lord said, get behind me, dummy. Follow, follow me. He didn't, de, he didn't excommunicate him. He just told get behind me. I'll show you the way, dude. Come on. All right, Scott, we can argue about this from now until the freaking, no, no, until I, the Holstein I, I cows come home. No, I ain't trying to argue with you. I, I, I don't think, I no, just, no. we can have a dialogue about this now until the Holstein cows come home on the day after Easter, provide me a nice steak sandwich. But, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, what, I, what I was going to say a while ago, though, you know, the Lord, when they, uh, the disciples went out and they come back and they said, uh, 
they stopped these uh, men from uh, uh, from saving people in Christ's name. And, and, and uh, the Lord said himself, do not stop them. See, be not against us. Okay. As long as he's doing it in Jesus' name. So, I mean, so, I mean, there's not. So, 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 so at, so at the, uh, at the Pentecost, when our Lord says, dudes, I have to, I know you love me and I love you too. And by the way, how many times does our Lord ask Peter, do you love me? How many times? Yes, in three times. How many sins, how many times did Peter betray our Lord? Uh, he, uh, he, he done it three, he done it uh, three, three times. Three times. First confession right there. Do you love me? Of course I love you, Lord. No. Do you love me? Yes, 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 of course. No, really, seriously. Do you love me? Yeah. First confession right there. Right there. Three times for three sins. He's quizzed to see to it that he still is holy and he's still his guy. Now, at the Pentecost, when the 12 are told, because St. Matthias is there then, I believe, when the 12 are told, you will go out and you will teach all men of all nations what I have, uh, what I have uh, commanded you. There's no option to go to this country or that country. All men, all nations. Now... <clears throat> If he sent them out, and he, you will teach them all that I have commanded you, or all I have taught you. What else can that possibly mean other than an authority to teach was granted to the 12? What else can that possibly mean? He wasn't talking to the Marys. He was not talking to the disciples that were bystanders eating popcorn and sipping wine in the, in the nickel seats. He was talking to the 12. What else could he possibly have meant other than I am granting you authority. Go out and do what I taught you. What What else? Yeah, he granted them authority. Okay. If he granted them authority, do their, do their heirs still, would their heirs then take that? Would their heirs inherit? Did he say all men of all nations, plural? Or did he say all men of all nation? Meaning, you know, go out and do it with the people that you meet today, and then you guys are done. All nations. That's an infinite. That is right there. That's an infinitive. That means you will go out and you will keep doing it and under this authority. Well, all the way up until the 16th century, that authority existed in one place. All full of warts, baubles, boils, pestilence, heretics, schismatics, apostates, blasphemers, you name it. But it existed in one place. It's just a very simple, very simple argument that is that that is what is called an apostolic secession, and that's all it is, Scott. But it's not men, men, because in this physical world it has to be men and it has to be temporal. But that does not mean that there is not a spirit that is worked there. And also, our Lord kept saying, "Guys, I gotta go, but don't worry, I'm gonna send this really cool guy. He's called the Paraclete." He is going to keep you from error. He is going. I, the Father loves you, idiots, so much. One third of our of our gang is coming here to live with you forever, and to prevent you from error, and to see to it that the gates of hell do not prevail against my church. All right, brother, I got to go, Scott. Thank you. Yes, sir. How are you, you, by the way? I haven't talked to you in a while. Oh, I'm doing fine uh, and everything. Uh, 
had kind of a little bit of a hard time since uh, uh, Christmas and then some stuff went on and everything kind of got me behind. So I hadn't had time to talk to nobody much. Well, I, I'm to get back to work good. <laughs> uh, I, now, are you in Tennessee today or are you just from Tennessee? I'm just from Tennessee. Oh, you're out somewhere across the Amber Ways of Rainbow Flags, aren't you? Yeah, I'm here in uh, Missouri right now, hoping I don't hit no more ice. I was in ice all day the other day. <laughs> Four below zero. That just ain't for Southern boys. I hear you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Scott. Well, God love you. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you, sir. Bye. All right. 844-527-8723 is our telephone number. You people that are in the chat room, you are missing a whale of a conversation in there right now at uh, MikeChurch.com. Uh, click Mike Church Show live chat. <laughs> the danger of presumptuous thinking is obvious. First, presumptuous thinking people tend to overrate and underrate themselves, their ability, and those persons with whom they interact. Because their thinking is seriously flawed, Conducting an honest self-examination of conscience, the first step leading to change can be onerous, if not impossible task. This is what we're dealing with. That I'm dealing with, what you're dealing with, what you see every day. As a result, these poor sinners fail to make needed corrections in their flawed thinking. Rather, they tend to repeat the same maladaptive error, which only deepens their problems. Needless to say, this puts their soul at high risk, which could lead to damnation. One final part with regard to the proceedings should be kept in mind, writes Dr. Paul Lavin, uh, uh, Brother Andre Marie's website, Catholicism.org. Because they exaggerate, distort, and misinterpret that which is true, presumptuous thinking people often fail to succeed in dealing with worldly matters as well. Unless their thoughts are identified and altered, this problem is likely to worsen. It is important to keep in mind that presumptuous thinking is often unconscious. The sinner may sink to such a level or such a low level of spiritual dullness that he can no longer distinguish between truth and fiction and right and wrong. His self-insight is so poor that he is unaware of how depraved he has become. Lacking insight makes change difficult. More on this will follow. This is a great article for the presumption I am the good person sin uh, at brother uh, Andre's site X, uh, 844-527-8723 uh, <clears throat> I've got a couple piece, pieces today in the pile of prep on the subject of the tranny mammies who are now the industrial tranny mammy complex the ITMC Miniature, you say tranny mammy. The lukewarm are going to run. Let them. They're going to run right into a tranny mammy. Their kids are going to run right into a tranny mammy. Tranny mammies are now getting the law on, them side, on their side. I'm, I'm going to say one thing about this, and I'll, I'll go back to the telephones. This transgender pandemic, and that's what it is. Demons are ascendant, come for the children, they're not going to take no for an answer. This is a pandemic. You know what this is? I figured this out yesterday, or it occurred to me yesterday. See what you guys think about this, guys and gals. 
This is 35th term abortion here. Better charge, please. All right, if, if, if we're talking about a, let's, let's use a five-year-old. So three terms to make birth, right? And five times three is 15. So uh, this is an 18th trimester abortion here. Better charge played. What does what that mean? <clears throat> Here's what I mean. The demons failed to convince the mother to abort the child. So far, so bad for the bad guys. Now, <clears throat> they don't give up. They're not in unions. They don't take breaks. They don't sleep. They don't ever give up. What would be another way to deprive God of that soul which is his? Well, get it into a state of mortal sin. But mortal sin is okay. You know, they're all, the demons are all down with Just saying. <clears throat> What's another way to get, uh, to get, if you really detest God as the demons do, and they detest us because we are loved by God, that's why they hate us. What's another way to get back at God? Now, uh, again, the demons are all down with sodomy and lesbianism and all the other things. Fornication, shacking up, you name it. They're all down with all that. They love it. Lots of souls falling into hell like little snowflakes, as Our Lady said to the children at Fatima. But there's an even more profound way to get back at God. Get the soul because of mortal sin. Think about it. When you think about it, what I just said all makes perfect sense, doesn't it? God created that child as a man, as a boy. What a better way... To slap God across the chops. Hit it again. Whatever it was. <laughs> Whatever it was, he slapped him across the chops. Not only am I going to commit some mortal sin with this child. Child is going to deny you created him in your image as a boy, as a male. So not only are we going to claim the soul, on the way out, we're going to lay an insult upon a man was created in his own image. I mean, folks, if you were in denial or you weren't all on board with the demons already sent it, they come for the children, not going to take no for an answer. There you go. Ammo right there. What better way to get a soul and to smack God right upside the head than to have one of his precious creatures, man, deny that he is a child of God, created by God in this image as a boy or a girl. Coup d'etat for Satan. What a feast this is going to be. 18th term abortions, dude. Eight-year-old, dude. Think about it. Not only do you get the soul, they just mocked you. You can see de Satan going, they just mocked you. They just told you no, God. And their finger quotation marks. 
God is not going to tolerate this. Telling you, there is a reckoning coming, folks. We have no preparation for. All right, back to the telephones. Uh, this is, uh, oh, Mitter Youngblood. Mitter Kermit Youngblood, whose signal accomplishment in life was marrying Mrs. Youngblood. <laughs> I'm kidding about that. Well, there's something along the way with those nine kids, too, might have a little something to do with it. Uh, Brother Kermit, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. You got a sore throat, but otherwise, anyway. Oh, wait a minute. You live in the Youngblood house. Of course you have a sore throat. <laughs> you know, if you don't have lupus or bronchitis or a sore throat <laughs> or, uh, oh, I, I don't know, <laughs> sickle cell anemia, you can't, or chicken pox, you can't possibly live in the Youngblood house. It's what happens when you have nine little ones running around, or eight little ones <laughs> running around. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, lots of lots of things get brought in from the outside. Wait a minute, I was feeling fine yesterday. Anyways, uh, through your uh, your strained voice, what can I do for you, my friend? Well, <laughs> I just wanted to kind of clarify on some things that I keep hearing that just drive me nuts. Okay. Like this. Uh, the concept of a Bible church. Okay. Or that all you need is the Bible, because that's impossible. Jesus didn't, didn't establish a Bible printing company. He established a church. When he was going up into heaven, he didn't say, oh, yeah, and remember to read my book. Because he didn't write a book. He left 12 men. He didn't leave a book. And this is like... Christian history ignorance that people have. There was no Bible until the Catholic Church put it together around 400 AD. It didn't exist. Correct. And even if it did exist, people didn't read it because they couldn't read, most of them. But also, a Bible costs about equivalent of about $100,000 today if you wanted one. There's one more uh, little inconvenient truth about this that uh, we should all be reminding some of our uh, evangelical and Protestant friends, if we get the chance, and that is that the first gospel, St. Mark's, is not written until around 55 A.D., 20-some-odd years after our Lord had gone. Uh, how accurate do you think you would be in writing something down 20 years after the fact? Now, of course, they were guided by the Holy Spirit, and I'm not questioning their... their uh, um, uh, what, what, how would you say, Kermit? Uh, their accuracy. The point is, is that, number one, they didn't need to. At your point right there is validated. They didn't need to. And then number two is that when they did write it and when they did compose it, they obviously had supernatural help. They're obviously assisted by <coughs> the Holy Ghost or by our Lord himself. So this is why they're Gospels, specifically because of the circumstances and then, of course, what's contained in them. So Mark would be the first to write. And of course, St. John wouldn't write, Kermit, the Gospels, according to St. John, which some Protestants don't recognize, they wouldn't, he wouldn't write until almost 100 A.D., so 70 years after the fact. So go ahead. I was going to say, if you read uh, Eusebius' History of the Church, yep, he says in there, the reason the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is because that is the order they were written. 
that Matthew wrote his, and then Mark was with Peter in Rome, and the people in Rome said, hey, we want to know what Peter keeps preaching about. And so Mark wrote it down with Peter's permission. Okay, so Matthew was first. I said Mark. My yeah. bad. My bad. Now, there's the, the, the literary historians say it first because of literary analysis. It has nothing to do with real history. Okay. Uh, they're saying, like, well, you know, the, the Greek here fits this period, and the Greek here fits this period. And then they have this idiocy about Q, which is, they say, that, that, Matt, that Matthew, Mark, and Luke pulled what they got from some other book, as if they had to have a book to pull it from, which is why they're common. They say because they're common parts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they must have come from a previous book. Ignoring the fact that you really don't have to have a book before you to write a new book. Uh, well, but, this is this is the contrivance of again of the uh, the temporal uh, the, the, the temporal versus the spirit the the spiritual. Well, they must have had a reference source when they were writing. Well, number one, you know, if they were uh, if they were good Jews at that time, and when they got when they got to their bar mitzvah, uh, the first thing you get to do after your bar mitzvah is what? You get to read the holy scriptures. You you were not allowed to read them before your bar mitzvah. You, it would be part of your oral training, but you weren't allowed to actually go to the temple and sit down and take part in and actually read the scriptures. That, that's that that's why you were bar mitzvah. You're now an adult, and now you can actually read. So even though these men were read and they knew, um, you, you know, when when they're when they're quoting uh, another part of the for it is written, they're quote, they're quoting something that was probably in their oral tradition. Because it had been very unlikely that all men at that time that were learned had actually sat down uh, and actually had the privilege of reading. And anyone that's ever tried to read the Old Testament <laughs> ought to be able to attest that that's quite a reading assignment, isn't it? Yeah, that'd be a lot. Um, if you read the stories of the early priests uh, back in, you know, in the first uh, thousand years, they would have to memorize huge chunks of the Bible before they went out preaching because they had no book to take with them because you couldn't have a Bible because it was too expensive and too big. Right, right, right. Uh, another thing is that this whole thing about Peter not being the rock is ludicrous. Because when Jesus spoke, he was in, spoke in Aramaic, and he said, you are Kepha, and on this Kepha I will build my church. Because Kepha was Aramaic for rock. He said, you, Peter, are the rock, and on you, which was Peter, I will build my church. And that's why you see Cephas in the New Testament. That's just a different version of Kepha. And so Peter was definitely called. Peter means rock. If you read a French book, it'll say, you are Petros, and on this Petros I will build my church. Because Petros is rock. Well, that's not French, I guess. <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm getting at. I do. And... When the, an apostolic confession is in the same verse, because it says that he'll give him the keys of the kingdom, which is a reference to Isaiah 22, about the steward of the kingdom. In the Davidic kingdom, they had the, the king and they had the steward, who was like the prime minister. <clears throat> and when the king would leave, he would give the keys to the city to the prime minister, who would be in charge, till the king came back. And that whole thing in Isaiah 22 calls that you have a bad prime minister and you have a good prime minister. And God says, Europe, it has Shebna and Eliakim, and 
I believe that Shebna was the bad prime minister, and God says, you're a bad prime minister, I'm going to replace you with a new guy, because there was a succession of prime ministers who had the key. And it also is why the Pope is called Father, because in the same verse, it says he will be a father to the people of Jerusalem. And Pope means Papa, which means Papa. Father. Papa, right. <laughs> uh, and also in Matthew, it says, you know, if you have a dispute between you and someone else, where do you take it? It doesn't say take it to the Bible and hash it out. It says take it to the church. If you have to take something to the, to the church, then there has to be a church to take it to, and you have to know which one it is. If I'm having a dispute against, you know, if you're a Protestant and we're one denomination, someone else is another denomination, you have a dispute, that may just be the doctrinal dispute between your two denominations. And, and which one do you take it to? If you take it to one guy's denomination, they're going to find for him. If you take it to the other guy's denomination, they'll find for him. And so if you have 35,000 denominations, which one do you take it to? Well, uh, in 10 years, you'll have 70,000. So you're having a larger diversity to choose from. So, uh. so the so so the, <laughs> the there's 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 a, a, a an adage in philosophy that uh, and this is true in the, the 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 natural world an error begets an error unless a miracle intervenes. Of course, a human error you don't have to have a miracle, but I mean you could have one. So once you once you commit an error, and then you act upon an error, Brother Francis gives this is the best analogy I've ever heard. So a man set sail from Boston, and he was going to sail to Liverpool, and he got his you know the charts out and the compass and the sextant, and they set out onto the uh, onto the waves, and they were sailing, and uh, on the first night from the coast of Boston, the captain got his uh, sextant down and determined he plotted his course. He made a one-degree mistake. One degree. Three months later, they wind up in Libya. <laughs> now, <laughs> that's one way to put it, but when you think about it, you think about the accuracy of, I don't know how many out there are, are golfers, uh, pro golfers. We're talking about accuracies of these guys that are within a, a degree. You know, one degree left, one degree right from 250 yards. One degree at 250 yards uh, is 30 yards. You whack that thing off into the woods. Um, this is why, and the natural world backs this up. When you when you make an error, then the error is compounded. If you're aiming at the flag and you wind up 30 yards right of it, that's an error, right? There's, it's not an accomplishment. That's not where you were aiming. Now, when the ship was aiming for Liverpool and it wound up in Libya, it's because the captain didn't bother to correct the error. So, so when he stuck with the first error, then all he could do afterwards was make other errors unless he corrected the first error. And this is what, to me, is what is lost here. So when you reference the disagreement that one guy has with another, and then they take it to this, uh, this other church or this other pastor, and maybe they don't get any satisfaction out of it, well, that's how you get the first church of, 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 of faith in Christ down the street from the church of the faith of, of Christ, or whatever the case may be. And it just never stops. It never stops. Yeah. 
And so a disagreement between men, which we are told by our evangelical friends, that's all the Catholics ever did, was disagree and create bad logic and bad, bad religion and bad this and bad that. So the disagreement continues to do what? Produce more disagreement. It's all it can. It can't produce unity. It can only so. Anyway. Now the Bible. The Bible does say you know you should read the scriptures, but doesn't say that's all you need. You know, Paul. Paul says that you that you can't be complete without the scriptures. But that's not. But you know, the average person couldn't get their scriptures by reading the Bible because they didn't have one. They had to go to the church. In Jesus' time, they had to go to the synagogue or the temple. Of course, and for those of you who really want to get into the weeds with this, Bible is a conjugation from bibliograph, basically, meaning like a bibliography. This is a catalog of books. So it does not have a canonical holy meaning in and of itself. Again, Bible, it's either biblio in the Latin, I think, uh, and that's where we get bibliography from. It's a list. It's a list. So and so now you could say the Holy Bible, okay, the Holy List of a list of works, um, but Bible itself is not. I mean, that's 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 a term and that's a term in catalog. The Dewey cards, the 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 Dewey card system. <laughs> so, yeah, um, another thing that I find interesting that people overlook, and this is in Acts, it shows the the sections of the Mass because it says that they would go to the temple during the day, and then at evening they would break bread because they had to go to the temple to get the, the Scripture because that's where it was. And it, in the evening they would break bread, so they would have the liturgy of the Word in the morning at the temple and the liturgy of the Eucharist in the evening in their homes every day. Interesting. Didn't know that. Um, all right. I'm just about out of time, Brother Kermit. Thank you for the uh, phone call. And I hope you get well soon. Thanks. You're very welcome. All right. 844-527-8723. You'll hear from the uh, better half of uh, the uh, Mitter Kermit in just about two minutes when the 8.30 a.m. news rolls here on Zikro Say Channel, King Size Truth from Radio Size Speakers. Um uh, Next segment, I want to get into the, the, these other stories that I have here today. Uh, Margot Cleveland has this piece out today at thefederalist.com. It's actually yesterday. Indiana House, Indiana House guts informed consent bill on trans ideology in public schools. 18th trimester, diabolical Americans and from other countries are coming for your kids. Folks, if you've got school-age kids right now, you need to start praying upon it, and you need to find a way out of the public schools. Get them out. Get them out before you lose your authority and you're under the threat of losing their souls. Get them out. This is no joke. This is an organized effort here. <clears throat> Many, uh, Some say that George Soros is behind it. It would not surprise me. Six months ago, parents throughout the country expressed outrage Upon learning that a California school taught that a California school taught kindergartners boys could become girls and girls become boys, the school did so without notifying the children's parents or allowing the parents to opt their children out of these transgender classroom discussions. Earlier this year, the Indiana Senate 
took steps to prevent a similar scenario from playing out in the Hoosier State by passing Senate Bill 65. Passed by a 37-12 majority, SB 65 would have required schools to let parents inspect all instruction materials used for, quote, instruction on human sexuality, including sexual activity, sexual orientation, and gender identity, close quote. Additionally, the bill would have required schools to obtain signed parental consent before providing a student with instruction on human sexuality, including sexual activity, sexual orientation, or gender identity. But yesterday, that would have been Monday, the House Education Committee sold out parental rights to LGBT activists by gutting SB 65 before voting it out of committee 8 to 5. Monday vote, Monday's vote came less than a week after the committee took testimony on the bill, hearing from speakers such as 17-year-old Sarah Russell, and there's more on this. What they basically did was take out parental notification in Indiana. Tranny mammies are ascendant. They've come for your kids, not take a no for an answer. 18th trimester abortions are here. Here's Celeste with Crusade Channel News.